0: everybody loves mcdonald's fries so yes you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home um but the bag did feel a little light Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. welcome to black on the scene i'm your host john gist and i'm here with my girl Dee, Dee brown on today's show we have the queen of content miss danielle young in the building you may know Danielle from her candid and viral red carpet clips, sit-down interviews, or maybe her hilarious and honest pop culture commentary and skits. She is the brains behind the video series Opinionated that aired on the Griot, the hilarious and webby honored Judge of Character series from the Root, her often viral interview series Real Quick, or the Danielle Young show, who Forbes labeled a viral hit show. My girl Danielle has been putting in the work, and I am so immensely proud of all she has accomplished
1: john i can't even tell you how stoked i am for this conversation let me tell you a little bit more about danielle young before betting on herself and stepping out on her own in 2020 of all years danielle was a video producer editor writer and host for essence where she created several hit video series including my favorites The Overexplainer and The Overexplainer Reacts, which broke down topics that matter to black folks and really pop culture overall and offered hilarious hot takes on the interwebs wildest moments. Danielle has interviewed her faves and ours too, such as Oprah, Samuel L. Jackson, Queen Latifah, Stacey Abrams and more often sparking, engaging in candid moments with celebrities that you just don't see elsewhere. John and I can personally attest to her magical red carpet interviewing skills from working with her on a multitude of movie campaigns Danielle is not only a beloved and trusted voice in media, but she is a beloved and trusted friend that we are thrilled to have with us today. Welcome, welcome, Danielle.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. How are you doing, Danielle? How are you?
2: Well, now I'm feeling all like puffed up and ready. like. <laughs> Yes, that was so nice. Thank
0: y'all. That made me feel myself a little bit. <laughs> so, so Dee, Dee and I, as we as we were prepping for this interview with you, we were like, okay, we wanted we wanted to tell a funny story about Danielle. We were trying to figure out our our fondest Ooh, memories of you, John. and we had and we had right, we have so many memories between Essence Festival, premiere parties, junkets, and everything else. But Dee, Dee and I, we were ABFF, both, ABFF, we uh, That was one yes. of my favorite memories. Yes. <laughs> And they always were a good time, but we went, we always, Deedee and I were talking, we, we, we both went back to our junket days, like just covering junkets. I, I believe we oh met gosh. in 2016 when you were at The Root still, and just like, you always were just a bright light. You always were ready to dive into the, you always, I remember Talon would always be like, I had so much fun with her. I had so much fun with her. This would be like the highlight of the day for a lot of talent." So- <laughs> I just always remember, like, I was like, she's a good person. I want to I wanna be friends with her. And then, like, we got closer and closer over the years. So that was, like, my first, like, love really that. good memory of you. And I just really love that about you. All the time I, love like, I love it. And
2: it was super PG. Love that. Thank you, John. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, John, I'm not going to let you
1: outdo me. When I met you in 2016, and you probably don't remember, it was at the I Root don't. offices. And I came in to work on the publicity. I do remember the- that. I remember, 100. Walking, yes, I remember what and you were doing their social media and I remember walking into that room. <laughs> and I just, and you just lit up the room. I was like, who is this woman? First of all, you were serving looks. I don't remember what you were wearing. But I just remember, oh, she's got mad I mean, style. <laughs> I almost dug up some of our emails from 2016, but it has just been so amazing to be on this journey with you and to have you here with us today. We are sipping on a little something, something. So we have to yes. toast to you and cheers to
0: you. Clink, clink. Clink, clink. And PS for the listeners, I have a red cup and everyone else has a glass. I... A red solo cup, but you red.
2: know, it's a, it's a black invention. So we will accept
0: it. That's I listen, that is fine. And I am in Atlanta right now, so you know
2: very, 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 very black summertime. Me. <laughs> very, yeah,
0: very
2: backyard.
0: We love it. Well, Danielle, I, I, we're so excited to, to dive into the conversation. And again, thank you so much for joining B and I on Black on the yeah, Scene. Like we, we, we love you, we we just adore you, we are always like rooting for you, like everything. You're just you're just doing so great. But before we dive into what's all happening in your life right now. Like, let's go back to the beginning of a, a young Danielle Young, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, as when you, you know, when you were growing up and going back to the beginnings, like, talk about where you're from and how did you get into the media space?
2: Oh my gosh, I am from Rocky Mount, North Carolina. M O U N T Mount, not Mountain, Mount. <laughs> we got no Mount. Um, we barely just got an Olive Garden. Very small town in North Carolina, very dirt road town. You know, country, just country, country. Um, And that's that's my that's my life. That's my life's bread. That's where home still is. That's where my family still is. Um, And I think you know, I have always loved writing. Like writing has been my favorite thing um, for a long time. And I remember I used to write stories in my notebooks. I used to because you know. And grew up a little, you know, modest, you know, just making ends meet kind of lifestyle. And it's so like, and being one of six kids, like extra school supplies and stuff like that wasn't really like a thing. We would get just what we needed. So I would always have to ask for extra notebooks so that I could have stuff to, you know, to use to write my stories in. Um and I just remember being so obsessed with like just notebooks and needing. To to do the writing and all of that, and I just love crafting stories. And I didn't really think, you know, as far as like a career was concerned, that I would be able to do that. And also, was kind of discouraged by a guidance counselor in high school who was like, "Well, maybe you know you should do this on the side as a hobby and make sure that you give yourself um, the space to have a job that is gonna make you money." Um, and so I was just kind of like, "Oh, okay." So I went into college as a psychology major thinking I would be a psychologist. Um, And that didn't work out at all. Like (laughs) that first, like when it's like psychology 101, like that, I got a D in that course. And I I was trying really hard to connect the dots and make it work. But I was like, my brain is not wrapping around it. And so I kind of just pivoted. A lot of freshmen don't know what they want to do. Um, And I was, I became one of them. And I just was like, you know what? Let me go ahead and and do all these things, the prerequisites and all the things that you needed to do just to get yourself in the door for college, you know, the basics. And within doing that, I found a communications course. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. You know, learning about the media and how things are working and how the media sets the tone for what people are talking about. And I was like, okay. I kind of like this. And as I dug into that, um, that particular, like, I guess it was a major, yeah, communications is a major, I I dug into that and um, found journalism. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I get to like write stories the way I like to write stories, but I also get to like talk to people and tell their stories. And so as I got into those courses, um, I got the chance to do interviews and I joined my school's magazine and newspaper and was doing a lot of like interviews around town. Like I went to East Carolina University in another small town in in North Carolina called Greenville. Very, very small town. Um, But it was like, you know, I got to go around and interview different people, art galleries and people that were running for office and just stuff like that and put these stories together. And I was like obsessed. So that's like where I really was able to form an idea of how I could actually have a professional life doing what I wanted to do with, within writing and storytelling. So I think that was literally like the beginning of it.
1: And then as I stalked your LinkedIn profile, <laughs> you <laughs> also majored in theater, yeah. which makes so much sense. Yes. When, you so see how, yes, when you see how entertaining and engaging you are. And we're curious to know how are those connected?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Cause I think I, i would always loved theater. I'd always like, I took drama and stuff in, in high school and was really into it. Um, and just thought that I would perhaps maybe like be in plays, be on Broadway, move, move to New York. Um, and so I was like, okay, this is cool. And, I, and my school it had a really amazing theater program. Um, like hands on you take you end up when you major in it they end up putting you through everything from lighting to, to stage management to costuming to makeup like you go through all of the courses
0: who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage egg and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? ba da ba ba ba
2: and I just loved it so much. I was like, I'm gonna do what it takes. Cause I talked to my my advisor. I was like, yo, I could actually major in this too, right? And they're like, yeah, you could do this, this and this and you could still do it in four years. And I was like, wow. So I ended up doing it in four years with summer school. I'm <laughs> she was in school the whole time in those four years. But I just decided to go ahead and go for it because it was two degrees for the price of one. And I I didn't know at the time how they would work out. I just thought, okay, I'll move to New York. I'm going to write some plays. I'm going to be in them plays. And that's how I'm going to do it. <laughs> that's how I'm going to get I didn't really even think about journalism like that anymore, honestly. Um, because I, you know, I tried, I emailed, I reached out to people and stuff wasn't really, you know, I wasn't getting a lot of responses. And so I just thought, you know, maybe I'll do that. But then I started getting responses from all the people that I reached out to um, and the journalism track took over. But now, um, and I think over the last couple of years starting with The Root, um, as I started to do a lot more on camera, I realized that that training and also just who I am naturally as a person, you can see it. (laughs) Like it's on camera, you can see it. You can experience that. And so now it, it's starting to make a lot more sense now that they're working together versus like I thought it would be kind of maybe two separate things or maybe I'll, you know, write a play about a journalist, but I just thought, you know, they weren't working together. But now that I have amassed this career and I'm doing things for myself, I'm able to lean into it a lot more and my show, the Danielle Young show, it has skits, it has interviews, it has things that are, like, allowing me to use all of my skills, and I'm just like, what? That's crazy, so I think that now is, it's showing that these two are working together, yeah.
0: That's, that's amazing, um, I, want to go back, go back a little bit, too, so, you know, you're, you're Danielle at East Carolina University, and light bulb goes off, I want to go to New York and, and pursue my career in New York. And you're a small town girl, as you've admitted, and you you took that, that leap to New York. Talk about some of those working for Nicolucci and working for you know, uptown, you had a lot of great experiences yeah. um, during that time. But like talk about what that journey was like from you from going to small town, t- small town to to working in New York and the Big Apple in the big city. <laughs> and you know, and you're and you're a writer. So that's that's hard. That's a lot of that's readiness yeah, yeah, yeah. and things like that. Let's talk about what that journey was like for you.
1: Oh
2: child. <laughs> what, a, what a journey because I physically took myself there. Like I rented a budget truck because I couldn't afford a U-Haul, I, I rented budget. I remember it was like $374. And <laughs> I rented that and drove myself from North Carolina to New Jersey, where I had an apartment with a couple of other, other theater kids who graduated a year or two ahead of me, um, who were all moved to New York to pursue their dreams in theater. And I, yeah, I drove that thing to Jersey and I think about it because it was like such a, it was such a bold move. I was 21, you know what I mean? Like to drive a truck like that and to never have driven a truck like that, all those hours, like it's, God bless my mama. Cause I would be like, you are gonna do what? <laughs> like, no. Um, so I'm really glad that I was given the chance to to make that type of big leap of faith um, and those magazines, the things that I did in the beginning, like um, I, I, when I was in, a, in in college within my theater program, I also had to take dance. Um, Cause I told you they made you take everything within the theater realm and and that program. And you have to take uh, two semesters of that. So you get to know the dancers because also the dancers classes are every day. Like some classes are like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday dancing was every day. So you get to know them in a different level. And I got to know this girl, shout out to Alifa. Um, She told me her sister had also, you know, went to New York to pursue her dreams and she wanted to become uh, a journalist. And then she changed her mind and started doing uh, publicity. And she was like, I'll link you up my sister. She has all these magazine contacts. And I was like, oh my God, thank you. So she hooked me up with her sister who had all these magazine contacts who didn't know me and was like, hey girl, I heard you're moving to New York. Here's a hundred magazine editors and their email addresses. And I emailed everybody. <laughs> and I was like, I'm a country girl and I'm, <laughs> and I'm graduating and I'm moving to New York and I would love a job. And honestly, nobody was responding. One magazine responded, shout out to Urban Latino Magazine. Uh, <laughs> they responded. And was like basically like let me know when you are in town, girl. That was enough for me to get that U-Haul or that budget truck and <laughs> pack it up and go. And and what's really crazy is that like fast forward to now, the woman who gave me the all those contacts who was just starting her cute little PR firm is Septosa Foster from One Thirty Fifth Street Agency. And like to, to Dee Dee, you were talking about just watching the journey. Septosa's known me before I got to New York. So this is like 16 years ago, 15, 16 years ago, um, that she just gave me a chance that she didn't even know would work or whatever. And so that one chance gave me a lot of confidence because this person was allowing me to prove myself. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna get in here. I'm gonna do it. And Urban Lat- I hit up Urban Latino as soon as I got to Jersey. And I was so excited. I met with them. Um, I met with uh, a couple of editors there. I got some assignments. My first interview was with Adrienne Bylone, um, And it was just like, so cool to be able to like, I was just like, oh my God, I'm a cute girl. Like I was, really, <laughs> I was really excited, I was like, this is happening. So I would get a, a couple of assignments from them. And then I, I was using the internet to look for other things, look for other places. Craigslist at the time was a place where you could get writer jobs. Um, there was a site I don't know if it's still in existence called Ed Twenty Ten that I used to use that had like secret job listings, so like insidery, like they it was people that worked there or just in the industry and they knew about job openings. Um, and so I was always stalking that site, and I ended up finding stuff and I found a, a gig with Chronic Magazine. They are not in existence anymore. I got paid twenty five dollars an article to do interviews. <laughs> And I thought that that was so cool to do interviews <laughs> and it was mostly hip hop. So all these different rappers, I was interviewing and putting stuff together. And I think I became the like bread and butter of that site. Like she just started depending on me and leaning on me to do all these interviews. And I was just like hustling. I ended up getting a job at the temp agency as a receptionist for a PR company. Shout out to Ogilvy. Um, I got <laughs> got a reception gig with them They're receptionist went on maternity leave she decided on that leave that she was not coming back so the job was mine and I had this $30,000 a year desk job that I was just like oh my god I have made it like I don't have to go home to my mama yeah it was, it was real it was, good. it was real it was touching though it was but real That That's job, real. yeah it allowed me to like hustle to reach out to write to interview to on my lunch break I'm interviewing and I'm going back to my desk. And so I just did all of that for like a year, two years as I built up my, my writing resume. And as I started meeting more people using my Ogilvy email to RSVP to parties so that I could go to these places and meet people. And that's how I met different folks like Ray Holiday who was the person who hooked me up with the Nicole Bitchy gig. Um, and then I met a girl star starring Rhett Rock, um, respect the married name. She, I met her as well. And she hooked me up with my very first job at hello beautiful, where she was like, oh, I heard they were looking for writers. I got in there, became an editor then became associate editor, then became the lifestyle editor to start the lifestyle brand there to create more of a robust site there. Cause it was mostly gossip and, you know, hot topics. So I created that. And from there went to The Root and my my life supremely opened up at The Root. I was doing things that I didn't know that I could do as far as getting into video and production. I became a producer at The Root. I produced a daily talk or a weekly talk show, weekly video series, like two, two to three different video series. And then Judge of Characters came out of that. So it just became like thing after thing of, of just hustling, and elevating.
1: Danielle, you have said so much, and it's so...
0: Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: Important that we... Re- it's, it, the reason we wanted to double down on your early years is because you don't get to be where you are 16 20 years later without putting in all of that work right and it's not just work in the craft right because by the way I'm like John no wonder she's so good dealing with us publicists because she was doing it right (laughs) so you had the wherewithal to know that you were climbing a ladder per se and you had to do maybe some things that weren't necessarily organic to the skill set that you had and i think we've all had to do that john talks yeah. about his job i think at turner sports john hates turn he hates sports but he took that job right. because he knew it was a stepping <laughs> stone and i'm right. just i'm just i want to Ill- i just want to illuminate that but i also want to talk about you were probably doing a bunch of other side hustling too I don't know if well I do know a story that I'm not asking you to share
2: listen some of it's some of it's for the book
1: but, yes girl um, I know but like, talk about that side hustling too and you're like trying to figure try out how to manage 000. your money and also figure out how to eat in New York $30,000 in New York hell $130,000 in New York is tough <laughs>
2: 30 I really think back like 30,000 Dollars a year it really works out to be maybe what 13 15 like it's definitely not 30 um yeah the hustle was real I was working at Macy's nights and weekends when I had that job so essentially I didn't have any free time to myself really because I was hustling and trying to do these writer gigs and interviews while I was the receptionist and then I would leave from there at at six. Sometimes I would try to get out a little earlier because Macy's knew I had a gig in the city. So I was like, I could get there at like six-ish. So I would get out, hustle, get to Jersey, get to Macy's. Um, Weekends were never chill because as you know, Macy's is the devil. Everyone shops there. It is a nightmare. And the weekends were just never my weekends. Um, and I couldn't do, I couldn't sustain that even in my young age, even at, at being, you know, 21, 22, 23.
1: Retail um, is was, tough. Retail is so tough. I waited tired, tables yeah. and worked retail and retail is tougher than waiting tables.
2: Re, to me. Retail is, is much tougher than wait, waiting tables. I, ugh, my God. Um, but it's just like, yeah, that it, I didn't think about it as like, oh, I got to hustle. I just was like, I don't want to go home. I, I came all this way. I don't wanna turn around and go home. It's gonna be that much harder to get back up again. So I just was like, I'm gonna do what I need to do to continue to like figure out how to make money and how to keep money and how to, how to eat. Um, because some of those, <laughs> I still remember and I think this is gonna be in the book. Um, while I was temping, before I got the receptionist gig, I got a temp job doing press kits for Hunter PR. And I, they were repping, I don't know if they still do, but they were repping General Mills. And these were General Mills press boxes. And they came with cereal, some honey bunches of oats and, you know, the the press materials or whatever, whatever. So I'm doing that all day on my temp gig. And then at the end of the day, the girl was like, oh, by the way, we have so much extra cereal. If you guys want to take anything home, feel free. Honey, I went and found bags. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You diet cereal. Out of boxes.
1: <laughs> Listen, I
2: took it out of boxes, put the bags in the bag. That cereal, I will till this day cannot eat. Honey bunches of oats. I do not want it. Um, but I ate honey bunches of oats for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for a very considerable amount of time. Um, <laughs> like till this day, I still remember that. Um, especially if I've ever get, if I ever get a pitch from them, I'd be like, guys don't even know that. Um, and I've done all kinds of things hustle wise, like (sighs) the parties, the parties were a major leg up, not only just for networking and getting to meet all these amazing people in a relaxed setting, but a lot of the time there was a food budget. And I would fill up on filet mignon, oysters, all kinds of del- just delicious pass-around hors d'oeuvres. And I remember one party during fashion week, a Hugo Boss party where nobody was really eating. It was in a museum. So it was just extravagant situation. They were passing food. There was a buffet. Nobody was eating. I had my container in my bag from lunch because I always had to bring my lunch. I was, like, I was like, it's empty and clean, honey. I went to that buffet. I put my plate full of filet mignon, all kinds of stuff. And I was like, all I need to go is get me a bag of spinach. All right, lunch for the week, boom. <laughs> and that cost me, that lunch cost me $3. And I was like, this is going to last me. So I would just come up with ways of doing stuff like that, just to make sure that I could eat. To make sure that I would be able to survive, um, the odd jobs were plenty. Like I said, I'm gonna save, I'm gonna save one for the book, but just know, she was, she was hustling. Oh, I,
0: I know
1: this story, so doing, I know what's coming. I don't I, about. I,
0: I don't. I don't. Oh, oh, wait! I, I do know this. Story. I thought <laughs> you did tell me this. Story,
1: Danielle, Danielle, <laughs> this is one of my favorite, and I literally cannot. job <laughs> yeah,
2: got me back on my feet, Sunny.
1: Listen, this is what after, rent the rent was backed up. Listen, this was after the nobody's fool, uh, red carpet where I was like, Danielle, we need you to sprinkle your magic fairy dust on this, on this red carpet. And then we all went out afterwards and girl, you, we, it was such a great carpet. We went out for margaritas and like, I uh, remember that. Yes, yes, Danielle, you had me crying and you, I, I know everybody has told you this, so I'm not special to so the like, girl. I was like, if this does not end up somewhere, it has to, cause it is just classic oh, like it is yes yeah, so good so good i can't wait for it's other, so, other new people to so new york so
0: new york so new york it's so new york yeah you got to you, you, you got to do something with that day y'all like seriously it's a, honestly
1: <laughs> y'all it's a series john and i truly hope that you are enjoying this episode of black on the scene but we're interrupting this episode just to ask a quick favor please take a moment to hit the subscribe button plus leave us a rating after the show and now back to the episode. Enjoy. Girl, I, I can't wait for it. I cannot wait for it. So you have in your early career, I mean, that is the epitome of hustling. And I think that that's what New York does to you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you want to be here, you got to pay the cost. And, you know, you got your, your people back home. And I wonder if they're like, okay, this is crazy that you did this. You said your, your mom was, was super supportive and you're like, I'm not going back, but you're elevating as you go along. So you get to Mm the, gotten to essence and then 2020 happens.
2: Yeah. It got crazy. 2020 got super crazy, super fast. And even before that happened, I had already decided that I wanted to jump out on my own I wanted to do this for myself but I was scared and was just kind of holding on and just was just I was miserable but I was going through the motions and I was like oh okay so I'll just I'm gonna go to all my doctor's appointments and you know just use up my insurance and then I'm gonna be out I'm gonna leave in April I'm gonna gonna leave in April I promise myself I'm gonna leave in April and then March it and it got crazy even before like slightly before the pandemic um that's when I lost my job and I didn't I kind of didn't see that coming um and and to deal with the emotional like you know just response to that was really tough and then the pandemic hit like a couple days later and I you know if you put your head back to March 2020 we didn't know what was going on. We didn't we didn't understand. I was just at the grocery store with my rubber gloves on like, what? So to know that the world was then shutting down, I was I kind of got scared. Um, but I've already proven to myself through the years like I know how to hustle. I know I know what it takes to survive. I'm also not in the same place I was when I had to pack up that truck and move to Jersey. So I was like, I'm gonna be okay. I have time to figure this out. I was gonna leave anyway, so now you just gotta push that plan in motion. Um, and so, in the midst of that, I just started looking for gigs, looking for things that I could do. And uh, 135th Street came came through again. This time, it was Septosis partner Shantae, who asked me, um, you know, if I could just write some press releases for pay, and that she was like, you know, I it's not gonna pay your, you know, whole rent or whatever
0: if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a big mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your mcdonald's bag as a placemat then that wasn't a road trip it was just a really long drive
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. at participating mcdonald's but
2: i'll help you survive and i was like that's what i'm talking about um and even uh also brandy victorian from uh then Madame noir but now Essent, she hit me, well, I hit her as I always do when I'm in a tough spot. <laughs> I'm like, you got anything for me? Um, and Brandy has always been able to give me something. The first time she gave me a column when I lost my job at Hello Beautiful, the, literally the same day I texted her. I was like, I just got fired. And she was like, girl, I got a column for you. Don't worry about it, whatever. Um, and I, I did a column. And then the same thing happened when I lost my job at Essence. And she was like, you want to write this column again? Um, so I just, those to me were not only just like a, oh my God, what a blessing, but like just proof, like a receipt that like, you can be all right. Like you, this is, you're fine. It's not like a million dollars or anything. It's not a salary. It's not benefits, but it's enough for me to know I'm okay. So those little like helpful moments of like hustling and pushing, and trying to make it through that I learned from back then, it came in so handy for a time like this. And it was so much easier because I had already, I had amassed a a lot more years of experience and connections and abilities. So I just leaned into all of that. And the first thing I did was create it real quick, the Instagram live series that is now you know like the the driving force behind what I'm able to do for myself is what led me to get a Facebook deal, a content deal with them to be able to be financially backed and create, and that's why I created the Danielle Young Show. So it's been like this like amazing, floating, flowing thing of like, here you go, you took a leap, this time you got pushed. <laughs> but either way that is a leap and i'm gonna reward that so i just feel like i've been i've been just floating you've
0: been floating and you know
2: this this crazy time yeah it's
0: it's been a and and it's you know what and again as someone who who has worked with you professionally someone who knows you personally like i i get so giddy inside i'm like danielle is working her ass (laughs) off working working and the thing about it is I know, I know jumping, being pushed out is not easy, right? Like, it's like, you gotta, there's a lot, there's a lot that comes with what you're doing. Yeah. And, and it's not like you can just snap your fingers and, you know, have a beat face or have an outfit or, or writing and editing and posting and all this stuff. Like, it's a lot of work. It's and so work. I, I, I want to commend you for that. But, and I, and I have two questions. So you can't take the, you can't take my, my, my next spot. Cause we've been fighting over the chat. Then you to talk to you, <laughs> but, um, My question for you, though, is like, I want to talk about, you know, your journey has been your journey that's been for you. And, you know, obviously, it's a uh, testament to your upbringing. It's a testament to your grind and your your drive and your ambition. But like, talk about like, how your spirituality or your faith has played a role in in this as well of like, when those moments of like, oh, shit, I got to eat cereal again. You know, (laughs) like, God, help me out here. Like, you know, like, how lord that- <laughs> i hope that i don't have to do it again lord. right right but like talk about how that had you know how that kind of kept you going and kept you motivated i
2: didn't even i don't i do not think that i was as spiritually connected then as i am now or at least aware aware and connected like there's the clarity now that like i just see it all i feel it all i i it, it, i'm i feel fearless um back then i was just hungry you know like i just wanted so much for myself and so much for like my mom to be able to like do to change the course of her life too so for me and i'm not, i'm so emotional <laughs> for me that is um that's this that was the 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 power behind it and i think like god has always been like my 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 main my main thing the thing that helps me do everything so it just it never i don't i don't think i ever even like thought about it like oh thank you god for but now even to the smallest thing i understand and it's overwhelming i think that's why i get emotional um, because it's not like, oh, do I, why I don't deserve this? Why me God? Cause that used to be a, a feeling, but if I'm like, wow, somebody loves me like that, like to change my life, that's crazy. <laughs> so I think, I don't know. I feel like I have this relationship with God. It don't, it don't feel like church or anything. It just, it yeah. feels personal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it feels hella personal. And because I've had so many, just so much proof that I could do so much with so little, I was like, yo, that's 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 faith.
0: I mean it is faith if you, and that's trust. If you think about it, Danielle though, your your quote of I feel fearless you've You felt fearless before throughout your probably your entire life. the The idea of you <laughs> the idea of you getting on a truck and driving from the Carolinas to New York. New York is Ooh, a fearless hell. act. You know what I mean? So yeah. like speak I, on I, it. I speak about, on I, it. I think and I, and again, I you know, I'm all about DD and all about Dede and I are all about giving our flowers. And I think that I feel fearless. That's such that is such a quote that is really connected with me mean, and i and I feel the energy from what you're saying about that because you're like, I got this. I can do, I can do this. Like, if I can do that, if I survive this, I know I can do anything else that I put my mind to. And you have done that over the last year and a half, two years. You just really, you just stepped out and just done it the way that Danielle wants to do it. And I love that.
2: Yeah. Like I've been not like homeless to the point of like, I mean, I I have been without a home, but like to like like leaving college and needing a little bit more time to pull the money together but not wanting to go home homeless in that sense like I didn't have a place to stay so I stayed on friends couches um you know that kind of thing like and knowing that that has happened to me and now like I'm like (laughs) I live here what I don't know about y'all, but if God is gonna like <laughs> show up like that, why wouldn't I, you know? And even when God doesn't give me these physical, huge manifestations of whatever, and it's like small moments, it's a thing, it's a song, it's a the wind blowing, I'm still so hyper aware of that. Like, it's, I, it just feels, I feel different. yeah I just feel different I feel like it's just God has really aligned so many things for me like crazy it's crazy
1: well Danielle you are in service of the alignment and the vision Mm -hmm. so that and I think what you're saying is you had vision and intent but also you did the work and all of those things are combined with putting that out there. You're like, God is seeing you work. So God is like, I'm gonna work with you, girl. Yeah. Right.
2: That's what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. And I think that that's so true. Cause John and I talk about a lot of the serendipity that we have within our careers. And I'm from a super small town. Like you are, I'm very, very country. We can talk about that offline, but like country, country, like red dirt, country, outhouse oh, country. Honey. Yes. And nobody like this wasn't a thing. I didn't know it was a thing. But something was leading me to like, I, there's something about the glamour. And, the, and, and and I just sort of, you know, we called it together and we're still calling it together. And it's called creating the life I think that you want. Uh-huh. And, you know, the thing that I mean, there's so many things, of course, that we admire and love about you. And aside from the fact that you're so engaging and humorous and you bring so much of yourself to this business what are you keeping for yourself how are you self, how are you taking care of yourself you're embarking on this amazing fitness journey which again you're sharing but there has you know what what how are you navigating that
2: um i think a lot better than i have in the past i um i used to just shut down and just not be around um but even that, it feels like it has a negative connotation to it, and I still very much I'll step away. Um, you know, like people don't really notice, but I'm I'm a post and goer. Like I will post, and I'm out. I don't luxuriate on social media. Um, I try my best not to be up there scrolling. I do like to comment on funny blogs because I like having fun with folks and people get so upset about things in the comments. And it's just a good time, I'm a troll sometimes, even on my own, just on my own page. I don't even have a fence to, to do that. i just be in the comments like, look at Kanye. Um, but <laughs> I am not, I don't indulge. And I think that's what I keep to my, for myself is that um, I am who I am. And it's not hard to share that at all. It really isn't. But I am a lot more aware of the energy that it takes to share oneself. Um, and and that's why I'll step away. And I don't I, don't, I don't, I was about to say, I don't want this to sound, but I actually don't, I don't I'm not really sure I care how it sounds. I don't care about a lot of things. Not in a like ignorant or I'm over it kind of, not even in any of that sense, but in the sense of like, I'm not gonna put stock in a lot of stuff that's not personally adding to me or making sense for me or making me feel better or making me encouraged. Like I just don't put energy into things that don't serve me. Um, And so I think that saves me. Um. Also, I used to and I'm literally crawling out of this as we speak, but I used to just think my career, the things that I'm able to do and show people that I'm able to do is what's important and is what makes me this or that. Um, But now I know that ain't real. That ain't true. It It is who you are as a human in the world. Um, and I want to share my gifts for sure, but I don't hold value in what I do like that anymore. Um, I posted some a reel because I love this sound that I uh, found on on social where it, it's Earth the Kit, I believe. It sounds like Earth the Kit, it could be somebody else, but from that era. And they're like, oh, darling, I don't have a dream job, I don't dream of labor. I have a dream life. So I was just like, that's what I'm after. I am building a life that I have dreamt about that I didn't even know I could dream about. And I think that's what is saving me as well is that I I get to like actually live this life that I'm making out of nothing.
0: (laughs) And, And in knowing that, Danielle, what advice, knowing what you just said about the life you're living right now, what advice would you, have, would you give your younger self who was told you can't find a career in this, who was told, you know, you should pivot to your different career. What, what advice would you give to someone, knowing what you know now, what you've lived and what you've experienced, what would that piece of advice be for that, for that young Danielle, young who, who got told those kind of things? Like,
2: oh, girl, it is so important to be you, like specifically who you are, everything that you think you hate, that you think isn't good enough, that you feel like you got the short end of the stick, that you feel like God really don't be liking you like that, like all of that stuff that has like created the chip on your shoulder that you'll carry around for a long time It's not even necessary because it's so special to be yourself and uniquely yourself. I would be like, girl, you're gonna learn it in so many cool ways, but one day you're gonna sit across from Oprah. You girl, yes, you will sit across from Oprah, who knows you (laughs) and follows you on Twitter. And she's gonna tell you how important It is that we are here to master being ourselves. That's it. That's the literal long and short of it is that that is our life expectancy. That's what's what's wanted in acts of us is to be us. So holy and so authentically that the gift is just in that. You're not searching for it. You're not searching for the gift. You're not thinking that it lies in other things, it's literally in the doing and then the being of who you are. Every single moment, every single day. And I feel like that is so important. It's so important because you just, I mean, besides all the extra stuff that life has, a lot of people just don't even be wanting to be themselves. Or they think they're not special, or they think they're not important, or they think whatever. But it's like if you just knew how important and special that it is to individually be yourself, and that people are going to be looking for that. That's I, I think that was is something I would for sure tell her.
1: Because what we've learned through the course of this podcast. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I knew I was going to cry over this. I'm literally like having a
0: moment. Like I'm literally having a moment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh
1: my God. I knew it was going to come. And I was like, damn it. It's at least it's at the end, but.
0: (laughs) I cry a lot y'all.
2: So just.
1: (laughs) Well, we have certainly cried through a lot of these conversations with our guest for the exact reason. I think we're emotional now. And that is so much of this about what we're doing is about representation Mm -hmm. and it's so key for us I was going to say in particular black women but on the last few podcasts that we had our black males were like we need you know our superpower is that we are this black gay from the south spiritual whatever and what what you basically said Danielle is your superpower is you
2: Yeah, because as far as we know, I know there's a lot of beliefs, but as far as we know, this is all we get. And as we have been able to tell throughout our whole lives, but especially throughout the last year and a half, it is so fragile. It is so fragile. And it is so special to be gifted life. So to just to know that. And then to be given whatever life that you're given, sometimes it sucks. (laughs) Sometimes it just sucks. Not everybody is born blue Ivy. So for all of us who are not her and even her, like I'm sure at some point, something's gonna suck, but we all, we're just, we're given what we're given. And then it's up to us to do with that, what we can do with it. But it's, some people can't even get past that because they don't even wanna be who they are. So it just, I, I, I just really want people to know how super valuable they are, no matter who they are, and that their, life, their lives are important here,
1: you know? Well, Danielle, you sharing yourself the way that you do with some of the amazing and amazing just open letters you've done for black women. I have shared those with every black woman I know. So you are doing that by leaning into your superpower of being you and we thank you for that. We love you so much. You keep shining. John is going to take us out on our final question, and you've answered it in many, many ways. And I suspect that your answer to this is the work and life that you live.
0: How you going to give her the answer to the question, baby? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Danielle, before, before I go into that, I just, you know, again, you are... You, you always will have a fan in Didi and I. You always will have a friendship of Didi and I. And I, I'm rooting for you in all aspects of your life. I, I'm like, I see a broadcast show. I see a book. I see so many things coming to you. Yes, and, and when we tra- when we try to get some time on your calendar, I don't want you to forget about the the, the black on the scene crew.
1: Not only not <laughs> I, not only that, not only that, don't you be going to Septosa and Shantae at public We gonna fight over you.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, when it's time, the
0: to have. To fight, yeah, like they are no, going bands. to say they are going to Sardes, Kevin, everybody. It was, they, they,
2: y'all are my closest friends. And I was like, "Yo, is this a weird?" I was asking, I was asking Keisha that. When I was I was at dinner with her, I was like, is this weird that y'all are like my closest
0: friends? <laughs> <laughs> like all the publicists. <laughs> all the publicists are like my people. I
2: don't even I don't even know. Listen,
0: listen, <laughs> we, we all love you. All all the folks love you, Danielle. So much love. Um, Aww. <laughs> um so, co- so closing sweet. out our, our lovely episode, Danielle. Um obviously Right, we smiling the-
2: my nose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Black on the Scene, this podcast is our Didi and I's love letter uh, to Black entertainment. And, you know, Deedee and I have been friends for a number of years, since 2014 specifically. And, you know, we've been um, uh, having this podcast um, for a long time, but not in a true sense. We've just been talking and celebrating and just venting to each other and wanting to give our flowers to each other. We've been doing that for so many years. So we had the decision this year of like, Let's just do it, John. Let's just do it, Dee Dee. Let's just- also
1: Danielle, because we saw you do it.
0: We did, we saw you do it. <laughs> you
1: inspired us so you much, did. you have no idea.
0: You, you really I'm did. I'm so glad that we, y'all are doing it. We, and we, we're doing it. And this is, again, we want to just shine a light on just Black entertainment and shine a light on your story and other stories. So that's our love letter to this industry. And that's our love letter, what we wanted to contribute. And we wanted to give I you the platform that. to share what your love letter is to Black entertainment. And, I, and like Didi said, you've shared many versions of that already, yeah. but what, what is your love letter to Black entertainment?
2: Oh, I really love that. I love it so much. I think as we can just see and feel the world would be nothing without Black culture, with which is in a sense, Black entertainment. Black culture is the culture and for my entire career and even before I started formulating what my, my career as a writer, a journalist would look like, I just knew how important our stories were. Um, trying to like just reckon with the fact that they would teach us history that wasn't real and erase things like us. And our story, and and only tell our story from one sp- specific lens. That was a motivator for me to focus on us. And I was I remember even being told by a mentor before, like, "Oh, the black girl uh, at black publications, that's not special." Um. And I used to be like, but I don't want to go nowhere else. I don't want to tell no other stories. And I'm glad that I held on to that, because it just. Now we're getting to see, which is kind of bittersweet, but also kind of like side-eye, but now we're getting to see Black Lives Matter play out for real and how it actually does matter that our stories are told and that we are a part of the history that we're creating. So me getting into who I am as a storyteller and a journalist is specifically to be an, to be a historian of our Blackness, to be a, a conservator of our Blackness, to be a curator of our culture. And that is my love letter to our entertainment industry, to us as a whole, because we were here. And not only were we here, but we were here and have been here so extraordinarily. You know? To come from what we come from, and to be able to create the way we're able to create, and to a point of like what we create becomes culture, and it becomes dissected and and reiterated and reimagined and retold. That's powerful, and I get to be a part of that. So, my love letter to to entertainment, to Black entertainment is is a love letter to all of it is a letter of a love letter to to culture is a love letter to us in our existence so yeah
0: oh danielle and the
2: work that i do
0: (laughs) (laughs) danielle young thank you thank you thank you so much for coming on talking to us being such a beautiful light Mm -hmm. bringing your humor bring your authentic self to us thank you so much
2: Thank you, Boo. I appreciate being and, on here.
0: We love we you. We love dearly. you. We love
2: you. I dearly. love
1: y'all. We, lo- we love you. We celebrate. We see you. Yes,
2: this was lovely. Thank
0: y'all. This was a Black on the Scene episode for the Record Books. Danielle Young served a record number of gems, so we might actually change her name from the Content Queen to the Gym Dropping Queen. She took us on her unique journey led by her purpose and passion by leaning into her superpower of being authentically herself.
1: John, I love the journey from South Carolina to New York City on a budget truck to LA and all of her hard work and hustles that got her where she is today, living and loving life fearlessly by embracing her faith we thank her and you for listening to this episode of black on the scene please remember to share your love letter in the comments subscribe leave us a rating and follow us on twitter instagram and facebook at black on the scene blk on the s-c-e-n-e
0: who needs an alarm in the morning When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.